1: are coming. 800 913 gold. 800 913 gold. Oh man, it's Friday. Thought we'd come up with some really good stories to make you feel great. Today we lose the internet. The FEC is laying groundwork now to ban Fox and Wall Street Journal from all political coverage, and cash is on the way out because, quote, ready for this one? Get it, get it, come on, give me some reasons we wouldn't want to use cash. Give me some uh, reasons. Come on. Inconvenient. 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 Criminals are it's criminals. A That's a good one. It's all drug. Purchases. Yeah, drug criminal. Yeah. Do You know. John? Yeah, no, this is a that's cash societies do cash society. <laughs> this is uh, this is a great reason. I'll give it to you beginning right now.
0: fusion of entertainment and enlightenment this is the glenn beck program
1: this is awesome. there, there's a story in the uh, uh from the bbc on cash and how it's on the way out oh gee wait a minute oh golly gee wally when mom and dad get home they're gonna be mighty mad um didn't mom and dad tell us that uh, cash was king and uh and there's no way we're going to ever live in a cashless society. That's a conspiracy theory. Hmm. Uh, when did banks start charging businesses for depositing actual cash over digits? Ooh. Wow, because that's... Uh, you'd think they would want that. Yeah, you would. Exactly. Wouldn't they? They want the cash. No, they want the digits. So if you are now... Um, this a uh, uh, hotel property management. Now, they, again, this is in England. Has uh, worked there for a decade. I can't remember the last time we received at the apartment complex a cash payment. We don't like cash. We don't have a safe, and the banks are charging you to deposit it. So here's the here's one of the reasons. Now, in over in Europe, the euro is starting to be phased out. Okay, they've already done the five hundred. Uh, uh, euro banknote that's gone. They're going They're starting to go now. After the hundred uh, euro banknote here in the United States, Harvard professor said there should not be even a twenty dollar bill. Nothing higher than a ten dollar bill. Everything else should be debit uh, or digits. One of the reasons why they're saying in Europe, we got to get rid of cash. We got to get rid of cash. It's
2: dirty. It's bad for your health. <laughs> oh. Oh <laughs> man. Bad for your health. Wow. Wow. Great. Okay. I got it. That I
1: got fantastic. it. Fantastic. So um can you look up have you looked this up, Jeffy? Where how much how much is the United States still on cash? I would say.
2: I mean, how much do you do with cash now? Hardly anything.
3: Very little.
2: But I don't I, even carry cash. Yeah, I carry I don't, cards. I, I, I never use it when I have it. No. I, I sometimes I have it just in case. There's, you know, you have to uh, tip a valet or something. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> you know once in a while. I, I just said I'd never use I, it <laughs> i've got a, uh, <laughs> I go into those restrooms where you know I have to tip the toilet man uh-huh. um, <laughs> right. every once in a while you go into a
3: place though that wants cash like i went to uh we went to a they have a little street festival uh like a you know uh, they closed down the street yeah, and yeah, they have yeah, all like the, yeah. the vendors yeah. and like the the fried dough and obviously yeah. look at
2: me, I went to the fried dough stand shut up um and uh How much way have you <laughs> lost I, I don't know. Yes, you do. I don't know. Yes, you do. I, pro- I don't know. Yes, you do. Stop it. How much? Uh, it dep- well, after yesterday, probably one pound,
3: but uh, uh, overall, we're around 25, 30, something like that. You're kidding me. How long has it taken you? Uh, it took me probably, I lost, well, I lost 16 pounds in 10 days. Um, oh, is that um, steak or something? No, it was my star documentary, the season finale of Wonderful World of Stew last season, which by the way premieres tonight uh, on this particular network. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, so I did a ten days where I basically
1: didn't eat anything to see what would happen. Um, it, it wasn't exactly. Always do crazy things like that. Like I'm going to starve myself for ten years or for ten days. I I'm going to exercise. All these. Cr- and <laughs> no, exercise
3: is not Those one of the nuts. crazy
1: things. <laughs> right. That's supposed to be a. No- According to you, okay. you starved yourself for 10 days. <laughs> anyway. anyway, so, uh,
3: yeah, I don't know, 25 or 30. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, fried dough. Yeah. So I really like fried <laughs> dough. Uh, but I went to one of those street festivals like last weekend. Yeah. And you have to come – you you have to have cash. Right. Uh, to, to I mean, those uh, obviously, there's some shady reason why they want you to use cash everywhere there. Um, surely it has nothing to do with taxes. Oh, as well. uh, no. Of course but, not. Yeah. But again, so this would be their them. argument, right? Well, the only reason people are using it is when uh, they don't want to report all the fried dough they're selling. Yes. Um, which is probably true. Or
1: buying if your wife happens to look at how much you spent at the street fair. Right. Honey, it was not fried dough. It was a hooker.
2: <laughs> I bought it for the <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. Okay, because that was going to be Ooh. weird. I was thinking about divorcing you until you said the
3: hooker part. Um, but yeah, I mean, so there occasionally it happens, uh, but how rare is it? And, and even when you do, of course, there's ATMs typically everywhere anyway. Charge so you your don't fee,
4: which why they want it. There's another reason. Another reason, they reason why to they do. want it. Yeah. yeah, they want their. They want their fees. Big, yeah, franchise fees for the ATMs.
3: Four fifty per withdrawal. Right. Four fifty. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean that's pretty ridiculous, Crazy. and I'm sure that is part of it. But still, I mean, it is rare, right? I mean, tips. For whatever reason, you know, maybe you're an upper echelon guy like Pat, and you've got valets all the time, You're just yeah. all the
1: time, all the time. I got a valet at my house.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Is so I have amatis. a dressing man,
1: a man who actually dresses you, as well as the as, well uh, as, as a, a, f- valet. a footman.
2: <laughs> yes. And a valet. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. So those? It's really just that. <laughs> yes, I'm the one who lives the life of luxury. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Do yeah, I think we know. Right? That, we right? do. See, we know that. You just, he just admitted it. <laughs> I, if I may quote
1: Pat, "I'm the one living I'm the, the one." one.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's funny though because Glenn is actually living the life of luxury that's so much better than your crappy life of luxury, and mm-hmm. he has other people paying tipping the people.
2: I know. It's actually not. I even... know. That's <laughs> why he doesn't never have cash. Because uh, my. Uh... My, my security staff is there. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but, I mean, it's, uh, this is a roundabout way of saying I, you're right. I mean, I, it, it's only special events. And I, my typical pattern is I'll get out like,
1: I don't know, 60 bucks out of the ATM whenever I'm at the ATM. And I'll pop it. Oh, in- I cannot remember the last time I was at an ATM. I don't use cash. Uh, you haven't for a long time. So. Anything, New yeah. York. You're the most paranoid about it too. I know. Which is kind of interesting. I know. Like but I, New, I mean, New York. You don't. What are you buying
3: just with cash? Never do. Especially, uh, you know, uh, when we were in New York, it was when Uber first started taking off. And so when uh, when we first kind of were going into New York, you needed cash for cabs. cabs. And then they started putting the, the that, credit card great. machine in yeah, the, the cabs.
1: which they put the bulletproof glass between you and the driver <laughs> where you were like, you couldn't hear. All you, oh, you'd hear, you'd be, you'd be on the other side of the glass shouting through, no, I want to go to Times Square. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't hear you. No,
3: absolutely <laughs> no. Uh, But the, it used to be that. Then it was credit cards. Then there was Uber. So you
1: really, uh, you, you didn't need it. I mean, it's, so. Well, it's how much do you think, how much do you think um, America is still using cash, percentage-wise.
3: Probably more. I mean, certainly more than people in New York do it. Um, but yeah,
2: it's it's low, right? I mean, I, I. I mean, I would think we're pretty typical about yeah, because what do you think is? To, uh, what we do? You, we, you go to the gas station. Card. I you don't, don't go, just
1: use your card. Yeah, I don't go to the gas station, and I mean,
2: I, 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 it's got to be thirty percent.
1: Yeah, depending. It looks, right? it looks like depending on transactions.
4: You know, like supermarkets, a little bit more cash than yeah. cards.
2: supermarket really? um, some...
1: more cash?
2: Yeah, yeah. Really? Um, Cause I cause I never see anybody use cash anymore at the supermarket. Do you? I don't. No. Uh, so they do have cash only lanes sometimes. So have you found a percentage? It looks like between, about fifty percent. Is it's it fifty? Wow. I don't think I mean, that's most right. The, most I, of the I don't either.
1: think that's right. The 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 most cashless society right now, and the then the leading. A uh, country that says we're going to eliminate cash is Sweden. And they are 40% cash, which I thought was astounding. I thought it would be a lot lower than that. Because yeah, you'd think they'd be a little bit ahead of us, so maybe yeah. 50% makes sense. I mean, I, uh, too- unless you, I mean, depending on the, you know, if, if you're not making a lot of money, you go and you, you don't have a bank account. You know, I, I imagine pretty much everybody has to have a bank account, except for the very low. Uh, end of the ladder because you got to go cash your check and everything else but Mm -hmm. you know if you're if you're living like we all used to live where we were actually i remember going to the gas station when it was still a dollar you know a dollar 20 a gallon and i'd be like i have 77 cents right and you stop it and you're like i can't get 78 cents <laughs> right right I, I don't have i don't 78 have 78 cents, cents. Yeah. i'll yeah. give you the cigarette lighter in my car from the ashtray will you take that as a penny <laughs>
3: right yeah. I, I do think it is uh you know because i remember when i got out of debt in my life the way i did it was the envelope system yes where i had like I 10 envelopes thing. and i put like a hundred dollars in the gas envelope for whatever p- time yep. period it was and Me too. i couldn't use more than that and yep. in, until i got out of debt I, that's the way i lived yep. my life I mean, and I did the same thing with I I remember um, causing a minor car accident um, when I decided to take my last dollar one and go to Hotton now. Which was a restaurant in a uh, fast food restaurant in Florida. I know it's okay, not the place yes. that Jeffy goes.
1: Jeffy goes to hot now too. <laughs> yeah, but. yeah, that's a different. It's now a chain. Of other, it's really <laughs> never mind. It's become never more mind. Seedy. It's not necessarily in the best seedy. sections of town. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I had like
3: I don't know a dollar twenty or something like that, and it was uh, they had thirty nine cent burgers, thirty nine cent fries, and thirty nine cent drinks. Do you remember Think this place, Jeffy? It. You have to in Florida. You probably do. Yes, do. Yeah, I do. Okay, okay. Yeah. Now that I you know. do, you did you buy out the whole chain? Anyway, uh, they had... Uh, oh, that's sad. But I, instead of putting that money in my gas tank, I went mm-hmm. to the fast food restaurant, and so I didn't make it all the way home, and my car died on the side <laughs> of the road for having no gas. And then some cars pulled up behind me, uh, going full speed in the rain, and didn't oh, realize uh, we that, stopped. that I was uh, you know no longer driving the car uh, and may have caused a minor 7, 8 car pileup behind me, but didn't hit my car, so technically... That's a, a shame. Oh, my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but actually, that...
4: It, that's too bad. You could have got some insurance money out of that.
1: I don't okay. think so. It would have been my fault. That was stopped in the middle of the road. <laughs> it's your fault. Everything. If, if, any, yeah. if they no. hit you, it's their fault. Can I tell you something? Pat said to me the other day, Jeffy has a scam for everything. And everything. I'm like, no, he doesn't. Everything. <laughs> yes, he, he does.
4: does. With, yeah, look, he does. When you, if someone in an automobile hits you, it's their fault. Period.
1: <laughs> what are you talking about? That's not always Not true. if you're stopped on the highway.
4: Yes, it is. You're supposed yeah. to have your car under control. They hit you from behind. They hit you, oh, I think it's period. always their
2: fault. Their fault. And yeah. I want Even if you've stopped in the middle of the highway? Because they're supposed, you're supposed to, to have your car under control. You're supposed to be driving far enough behind you that they can stop. That's you. correct.
3: Well, I should point out that my car was not insured at the time. Um, so, so it's, a, it's a
2: great thing that it, <laughs> you didn't get hit
3: yeah the cop was very clear that i had lucked out in this particular situation wow uh, and was not happy uh, about it uh, by the way there's a really good jeffy story uh that i saw today that i thought you guys might be interested oh in gosh. this is, well, this is and we've abandoned the cash story. We've abandoned it. This, there's a really good to... cash story here but yeah. we've abandoned it Come back to it. we only have a minute this is yeah. good uh it supposedly happened september 26 mm-hmm. again it's being passed around you never know with these things Uh, But September 15th, male Navy enlisted uh, first class petty officer exited a bar intoxicated in an attempt to drive a a vehicle equipped with a breathalyzer interlock system. Suspect was too intoxicated to successfully start the vehicle. So he went into the park where he captured a raccoon (laughs) rummaging in a trash receptacle. I not breathe into the... Individual utilized the raccoon to
2: blow into the interlock system successfully. Oh, my gosh. Wow. But the raccoon... That guy... Hey, How did the raccoon not tear that guy
1: apart? Wow. It's, it's too good to check. I don't even cool. want to know if it's I mean, <laughs> please tell me there is a lineup photo of him... Because he's just got to be (laughs) scratched to
3: death. Well, it goes on. It goes on.
4: Raccoons are mean. They're mean. Raccoon
3: blows into the interlock system successfully, but the raccoon became unconscious, unconscious for being squeezed, and oddly was discarded on the floorboard of the vehicle until a short time later,
2: (laughs) the raccoon regained consciousness. (laughs) And, and he's, began to attack. Now he's pissed. <laughs> yeah. and he's inside the locked car. Mad. And this <laughs> time, he's pissed. The <laughs> raccoon regained consciousness and began
3: to attack the suspect while driving, causing oh, the vehicle to crash in a resi-
2: into a residential <laughs> fence. The vehicle. In, your, in your vehicle, no
5: one could hear you scream.
3: <laughs> the vehicle came to a
2: complete stop, obviously in an in-ground swimming pool. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh wow! The suspect—that's a—that's a, that's that's a gra- classic. Right? That's, that's a classic. I mean, oh, that's what. Seriously
4: though, I mean, while while yeah. funny, and uh, you know, I can appreciate the you know
2: the raccoon being angry, being in the lock. <laughs>
4: It's, it's so much easier just to pay somebody like 20 bucks to blow into the brush. Line.
1: Right?
2: That's it's what I was thinking. A scam for everything.
1: Can I tell, can I tell you something? you got to hand it to the guy for being yeah, do it. being, being, yeah. being resor- If he would use his powers for good as opposed to <laughs> evil, imagine what that guy could accomplish. Are you saying I no mean, correctly? that's something that you put on a resume, by the way. Forget about the end of the story. I'm the guy who got the raccoon blow into the breathalyzer. Thank you. I can get anybody to do anything.
6: Glenn Beck. Mercury.
1: Regardless whoever wins the White House, we are facing serious geopolitical and economic challenges that could lead to the next great financial crisis. You need a recognized safe haven asset for your portfolio and IRA, and that asset is gold. Call Goldline and add physical gold to your portfolio or IRA at 800-913-GOLD. Goldline, been helping people diversify their portfolio with gold for over 55 years. Rated A-plus by the BDP. Read Goldline's important risk information, but do it now, because crazy times are coming. 800-913-GOLD. 800-913-GOLD.
7: Bank program 8, 8,
1: 8, so, What a surprise! <laughs> if he got the facts wrong, I, I just you know I read the I looked at the wrong color for for the for the wow, cash. You even so, had color coded, and you're like, bah. I can't, I can't,
4: I don't know colors. <laughs> I'm colorblind. So fourteen <laughs> percent use cash at a supermarket, and fifty percent sounds use more like a debit it. card. Yeah. So everything, the most. Mm. The place where they use cash most is the coffee shops, fast food restaurants. Yeah, it's Uh, anything
1: low ticket. Yeah, Anything low ticket. Other than that, Mm -hmm. who's buying anything, you know, over $20 with cash? And that is what the governments around the world are starting to say. And they're now, uh, the euro, and they're only doing this. I'm telling you it's coming. They're only doing this because they are trapping your money into things that... They can totally control. So if you can't buy anything without them, that way they can get their tax. They can get the uh, banking
2: bail-ins. They have total control of your life. That's what scares me the most is the bail-in. Is when they when you get when you've got your money in the bank, and they won't let you take right. your money out of the bank. It, you'll have to you know donate fifty percent of it to them or whatever the, whatever they deem is necessary for them to save themselves. They're going to take a certain percentage of what you've got in the bank.
1: So remember that guy who was on our show a few months ago, and there was like conflict of interest or something, and he couldn't do the show? Oh, right, 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 yeah. We've hired him. So now the conflict of interest, because he's the guy who is the best monetary guy I've ever seen. I've been looking for this guy for 15 years a guy who truly really gets it, understands it, and can explain it, and not explain it like, well, you know, if, you're, uh, if your portfolio is... I, uh, can you talk to me about people who just are either living paycheck to paycheck or regular people who are, you know, family income of fifty to 000, to $100,000? Trying to get out of debt, putting their money in Trying envelope. to get in, the, yeah, putting it in envelopes. Can you tell me what those people do? He's come on board now. We're going to start doing a lot with him. Uh, I'll tell you some of the things that he said that you should be really aware of. Basically, Pat's concerns.
6: The Glenn Beck program. Mercury.
1: Netherlands is the place in the world where most people are using debit cards, not credit cards, debit cards, and it, they are shooting for uh, 40% hard currency by the end of next year. Um, they are currently at 50% debit, 49.5 cash, 0.5% for credit card payments, 0. 05
3: why point they just don't want to use credit at all
1: I guess I don't know um, wow. so the Dutch banks are now saying we want sixty percent electronic payments, forty percent hard currency, and um, uh, the Netherlands the first ones to say we want to be a cashless society um, what we learned, and we're going to be doing a serial on all the things you need to know we have this 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 I'm telling you this guy. Um, that we found when, six months ago, found this guy. I have been looking for him for 15 years. A guy who truly understands, at least truly looks at the world the way I do and um, sees the possibility of, you know, a Category 5 banking crisis, sees that the world is moving this direction and actually has some... Uh, some things that you can actually do besides, well, go talk to your broker about. My dad didn't have a broker. I have a broker. I don't. I don't want to talk to them ever. <laughs> so even those who do have one, I don't think want to talk to them. Most people, if they have a four hundred one k, they don't even know what's in there for. I don't know what's in my four hundred one k. Do you guys know? No. Yeah. Oh yes. It's a four hundred one k. You do, but you're you're weird. I know. That's. You're responsible. I'm not responsible at all. You are with money. You are. Yes, you, you are. are. I mean, I, I, You're going to be the richest one in our old, in old <laughs> age yes. nursing home. Yep, You're yes. going to be in the sweet one. We're going to be in the really bad one. And we're no gonna, you know, we'll be like, please kill us, Stu. Please kill us. And you'll be like, I'll have one of my people go over and kill <laughs> Don't think that's accurate, but
3: I appreciate it. But I mean, you know, you have a basic idea. Well, you also have people who manage things. You have a business. And you, you're, you know, people who run the business, and it's, yeah, it's, but I have found recently that maybe <laughs> you should be a little more <laughs> right. sharp it on them. that. I'm not surprised that you are not aware of what's in your specific 401k. But yep. I mean, I think a lot of people, at least, have, uh, you know, it, this is one of the things uh, that. Um, uh, is built into that whole animal, uh, what was it, animal spirits? Animal spirits. The, the book that, you know, the, the behavioral uh, scientists. Uh, scientists that Obama has used, utilized so heavily in his last eight years and in the run-up to that election, which is they did this with 401Ks. They figured people don't, people don't know anything about the 401Ks. If you ask them about it and, and push them to it, they'll generally say, yeah, okay, I, I probably should put some of my money away. But if you make it an opt-out, they almost never... Will opt out. If you try to you spend all this time bringing them into meetings and convincing them, some of them will opt in. but They'll almost never opt out because they don't want the hassle. And so that's what it's, they call it choice structure. Mm-hmm. And it's the thing that they do all the time to you mm-hmm. to try to make you do what they want. Instead of choosing. Well, this of is what
1: the energy. banks are doing by saying to the businesses, we're going to have to charge you if you bring us cash. Right, exactly. Instead charge of, you for the deposit. To bring cash into our bank. So you'll
3: do something <clears throat> to right. avoid that activity. To, and it winds up helping them. They, they know that people just aren't engaged in this part of their life. They, you know, they, they want the things that they want. And they see the numbers in the bank account. And that's enough for most people. Um, so that's why they do those things. And they do it through all levels of uh, government policy now. Instead of trying to make the argument to the people. Because the people are too stupid to realize it. They just changed the way the choice is structured so that their result wins. Uh, and this is starting to happen at banks and everywhere. Yeah. And this is not, you know, these Everything. people are thinking about this stuff all oh, the time.
4: Yeah. yeah. I mean, they've been ahead of the game on the welfare state because they put the cards out. No, there's no, you know, remember food stamps was the, you know, you had the dollar bills. See, I, the big, I have to tell you, cards. this
1: bothers me so deeply. The, the, what's the Texas card called? Loan star. Star, star card. Lone star card. It really bothers me that we have made the Lone Star card um, just like a credit card. And there's no there's no there's no looking down at that. There's no shame when you pull that out. And I know this is I know this is hard uh, and harsh, but I'm quoting Benjamin Franklin. Um, The best way to help people in or out of their poverty is to make them uncomfortable in their poverty. We make things so comfortable mm-hmm. that there's no reason to get out. It Just out by design, wide. of it's course. It's more of a hassle. Well, yeah. I mean, they can control what you purchase,
4: though. I mean, there are times when people I've seen yes. it happen where they have things on, the, on their Correct. conveyor belt that the card won't pay for.
1: Correct. But I remember there was, you know, with food stamps, there was some bit of... Of shame, having to get that. it take it out and shame yeah and it, and it was just it was a little bit of shame and i i I look, I know because i i've lived it i have I have lived having no money. I worked in my father's bakery, my father went bankrupt with his bakery, um you know we couldn't make ends meet, we had you know powdered milk, we never got to the food stamp place because my my father and my grandfather. Uh, we're were both raised, you don't do that. You don't do that. You do that if you cannot eat and cannot work. Always a last resort because you didn't want right. to deal with it. But you, you go out and work and you take any job at any level oh, yeah. and you pay for what you can. And if it's only food, then you go... This is my father. You go live at the YMCA and you... Uh, uh, work, and you buy food, and you dig yourself back out. I mean, the YMC has got cable, right? Because I can't <laughs> right. I can't.
3: And, 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 <clears throat> and I, obviously saying, you know, advocating for shame is not... No, I know, it's, I, I know it's, you're
1: not. Yeah, I'm not, like, because I know that there's a lot of people, like, for instance, there's a lot of people, you know, that, you know, their husband dumped them, and they, they got reasons. kids at home. There's real reason for that, and so I don't um, I don't want to inflict pain on people. I I really don't. I don't want to... I I, I don't want people... For instance, I don't and won't look down on somebody who is using uh, a Lone Star card or welfare stamps when we had food stamps. I won't do that. My father made that very clear to me when I was a kid. You don't look down at those people. You don't know their situation. But I do want them when they pull it out to go i wish i didn't have to do this how do i
3: how do i end how do
1: i end this because
3: we you know we've as a society chose we because both of these things are true Uh, you know no one we don't want people to feel shame so we've tried to make the policy as easy as possible However, we don't want them to feel any discomfort, any
2: discomfort at, all, any level at all about any. So we've chosen trigger warnings.
1: We've chosen
2: that. safe spaces, trigger warnings. It's pathetic. Yeah, what
1: we're saying now, what I'm saying right now, has got to be viewed by some. And I don't even know by how many now as outrageously horrendous. Right. Yeah. And, and so the point here is that we've, we know there's a problem
3: here. We don't want people to feel bad. Um, and, but as a society, we've chosen to eliminate the feelings rather than try to eliminate the poverty. Yes. And, and as Ben Franklin, yes. this is again, this is Ben freaking Franklin, who
1: started the first public hospital, yeah. who started the volunteer fire departments. I mean, this guy who gave away his patent of the potbelly stove because it would help the number one cause of death in America for females was burning to death. So he, <laughs> he understood, I don't need to make money on this. I got plenty of money. I'm going to give this away so everybody can make it. And everyone can have the potbelly stove. So here's one of the most charitable men around. But he understood the more you make people comfortable in their poverty, the more you strip them of the reasons of standing up on their own again. And that is morally wrong. I believe we will have, uh, we will have to answer for the people we have crippled. I had, um, uh, you know, my kids. My kids work for me. And when I had a new guy come in, John, who's the who's, uh, president of my company, uh, he said, I don't want to manage your kids. And I said, why not? And he said, are you kidding me? I, uh, no. And I said, no, no, no. There's no different rules for them. There's no different rules. If, if they deserve to be fired, fire them. Right.
3: No. <laughs> right. Fire them. Right. right. And was, and you he, believe
1: that. I know. What <laughs> You believe that, I know. <laughs> no, no, no. But I, I said to him, and I, I, he'll be doing me a great disservice if, if he wouldn't be truthful with me. Moreover, he will be doing them a great disservice because you can't... Mm-hmm. I, I, I talked to my kids just recently. I am so afraid that I am crippling them because... They are working for me and they like well, they like working with me and they like, you know, being around and, and working as a family and blah, 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 blah. But I I don't want to ever strip them of that. Like, I won't I won't overpay my kids. You make market value. I mean, but you have been saying
3: this since before some of them were born. That's true. I mean, literally, I you believe this as a central part of your life. I still would be, I would still be believing John. <laughs> I would you. still be terrified Thank by it. Because you. you come into a new company, and you ha- the, the owner's kids, I don't care what the owner says to you, I would be terrified about it. Yeah, but you know I mean but it. I know you mean it, because you said it. I mean, before Rafe and Cheyenne were even born, you were doing this on the air, talking about the Carnegies and, and going back to the 20s. Vanderbilt. And the right. Vanderbilts, uh, you know, talking about uh, how they believed that they ruin their kids
1: by, uh, by I tell my kids, I tell my kids all the time, you're not getting a dime because, hey, dad's spending it all. <laughs> um, but you're not getting a dime. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not leaving you stuff. I'm not leaving you stuff. You have to earn what you have. You have to. And we cripple people by doing that. And there's no difference between, I learned this, as Stu said, from Vanderbilt. I was standing in the breakers, the Vanderbilt mansion, and the, uh, there's this letter from Vanderbilt, from his diary, up on the wall of his bedroom where he used to write his diary. And it, it, I don't remember exactly what it said, but basically the gist was, I fear I am doing my family a great disservice. The more I give them, the more I provide, the less incentive they have to be the person they were supposed to be. And he did. He did a great disservice. And that stuck with me. And it's not just family. It's the country. If we cripple people, if you, I'm an alcoholic. Anybody who, you guys, and you guys know this, and I know, Tanya said, you take a drink, I'm leaving you. I'm leaving you. And she means it. Any doubt in that one? No, oh, no. She means that. Mm-hmm. I, I know you guys would be the same thing. You would not cover up for my drinking. You would not cover up for any kind of problem. Drink, cover up. We'd exploit it for everything it's worth. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> right? Because you know you're doing me a disservice. Right. That's where we have to get. C- compassion
2: um, sometimes is really hard. Yeah, we've, we've spent, we've talked about this a, a bunch of times. We've spent $22 trillion on the war on poverty. $22 trillion. Where is that? To make things a lot better of compassion. for poverty. a lot of compassion. And all it's done is keep them in poverty. That's all think, it's done. And I think destroy the family. It has. It has. This is
5: the Glam Beck Program. Mercury.
1: Glenn Beck program. All right, real quick. Uh, Stu has something else to go back, but I, before we get so layered in things and keep pushing them back, let me tell you one of the things we were talking about, um, uh, the, the, you know, the, the death of the dollar and death of cash all around the world. One of the things that this guy, uh, said that we've just brought on board and I can't wait to start, uh, doing things with him. Um, uh, he said, "You got to start taking money out of the bank, and but you have to have it. You have to have it, you know, in your possession because banks could go on a banking holiday and restructure, but they could also do bail-ins. You have to read the bylaws of your banks because almost all of them have changed it. Fine print. If there's a trouble, they're not. If there's another 2008, they are just going to take the money from you. But here's." The important part, you have to keep the receipt of your withdrawal with the money or the government now has a right to confiscate that money and say, we don't know where that money came from. You can't verify that that's not drug money. The
6: Glenn Beck Program.
1: Mercury. Mercury. America. And welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. So glad you're here today. Lot to cover. Uh, We want to get right to it. We have the Second Amendment, the last of the series of our serial for the Second Amendment. Uh, Today we're talking about what what is the angle on today's episode? Do you remember? I believe it's where we are now. Where we are now and And where we're headed, where we're headed. Not not necessarily real good places, Uh, but could be the direction of the election. Which one's better? You can decide. Uh, The Electoral College ratings. Who is ahead? Saw a new poll today. Donald Trump is pulling out a lead, but that's what I heard. From Fox News. And I also Oh, heard... they made it sound that really
3: like... what you heard from Fox News? Oh, yeah. my gosh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not true? I don't read Fox... I don't go to Fox News or go to Drudge anymore, so I don't know what they're okay, saying. So,
1: and I know there was this big deal about... You <laughs> know oh, they made it time time sound to...
2: like he's, he's oh, in yeah. the driver's seat. Yeah,
1: wow. that's not true. Fascinating. Well, let's go over the truth. All here, right. right. We go with the truth with our numbers guy. <laughs> Election <laughs> by the numbers with Stu. Begins right now.
6: I will make a stand. I will raise my voice. I will hold your hand. Cause we are one. I will beat my drum. I have made my choice. We will overcome. Cause we are
0: one. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn
7: Lenbach Program, 2016 election by numbers.
3: I, I, I mean, I didn't see this. Is, this?
2: Cat, are you sure? Were you watching
3: an old DVR segment from pre? The, no, no.
2: I, I think they said five swing states have swung to him.
1: Right? I don't know. What, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just saw. I just saw some, some screenshots where Ohio,
2: North Carolina, yeah, uh, some, uh, everything has others. swung
1: to him, yeah. and uh, his likability is through the roof. And this debate really turned things around. That's what I heard.
3: No. That's not true. Is that true? Uh, no. I mean, I would say definitely not. Now, there's a good argument to make that before the debate, you could make these arguments. Uh, the, the polls had really moved towards uh, Trump. Um, and he had picked up... We had moved. I mean, we moved several states from the, the leaning Republican. Yeah, last week it looked pretty good for him. Yeah, last week it um, did. Yeah, and we moved uh, states from the toss-up to the leaning Republican. Yeah. Um, and, we kind of, and, and we moved a lot of states from solid Democrat over to uh, leaning Democrat. So, I mean, it was moving Trump's way. The, it's still too early to know for sure what the
1: results of the uh, um, debate are. What, what is the effect of the debate? I will tell you that um, I read something... Politico or something, something today about... It's actually from BuzzFeed. If I, if I want real coverage, I'll go to BuzzFeed. Um, uh, they showed the, the drift of the comments this week from Donald Trump to where, oh, Lester Holt, I thought he was great. Right after oh, Yeah, we have all that audio. I think. Yeah, I thought he was great. He was wonderful. To last night, he was talking about the whole thing was rigged. Yep. Uh, and so I thought to myself... When I saw those, when I saw that report on Fox today, I thought, "Wow, that doesn't make sense." And then he's way off the rails. Because when I saw him say that last night, I thought he's got to have poll numbers that show he got slaughtered in that debate. Well, every scientific poll, including Breitbart's scientific poll,
3: showed that Donald Trump lost the debate. Breitbart.com commissioned a poll, which showed that Donald Trump lost the debate. Wow. Now, they hated that, was, that.
2: Oh, my gosh.
3: That was the, by far the closest margin. He only lost it by five points in the Breitbart poll. Uh, it, the largest margin was CNN's poll, where it was 35 points. Um, there was another one and that so was The third 11. largest in history? Third, for CNN, polling going back to 1984 was the third largest in history, except for the Romney over Obama, right. first debate last, uh, last election, and the second debate with Bush, um, George H.W. Bush, Clinton, and Perot. And okay. Clinton won that, or, that debate. Um, so, uh, and then there were other, but there were, I believe, five scientific polls. It was uh, Clinton plus five. I'm off the, off the top of my head. Clinton plus five, Clinton plus 12. Um, then there was another one I think was 16. Another one was 23. And another one was 35. The Clinton wow. one was 35. So it probably wasn't 35. And it probably wasn't probably, maybe, It was probably somewhere in the middle. 15 to 20. Yeah. I mean, and, and that doesn't, you know, Donald Trump didn't need to necessarily win the debate. He was in a fairly good position. But it seems like he lost it by a decent margin. Um, and uh, I don't think it was a bloodbath.
1: I personally I didn't, didn't feel like a bloodbath. didn't think it was a bloodbath. I thought it was, I thought Clinton won the debate, but I, if, I, if I try to put myself in different people's mindset, right. I, I could make it work for either of them, um, and I had a harder of time making it for her if I looked at it from a millennial standpoint or I looked at it as, you know, Joe Lunchbucket, if you will, a guy who's just out busting his butt and having a hard time holding on to his job. Right. And
3: so I think you could have seen it that way, um, yeah. you know, and many, many did. Um, but you look at uh, the polling that has come out now and in the past few days, we're just getting the early polls post-debate. And many of the polls that you'll see have time periods that include before the debate. So it's harder to know if yeah, they're exactly right. Exactly what happened. Um, so you have, i uh, give you a couple here, Florida, which was a, 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 state, a state I
1: believe Trump had a slight lead in going into the debate. Uh, latest poll has him down four now is this, uh, this is one poll wait, i know it's one poll but does it have any days prior to the debate
3: no this is okay. september 27th to the 29th i think the, the cutoff is what the 26th i believe was the first polling day after the debate okay. i'm remembering that right um in new hampshire another state that there's a lot of paths that that new hampshire can be a part of for donald trump yes uh, he's down 42 35 in the latest poll in new hampshire Gary Johnson getting 13% there,
1: by the way. Now, that poll... who Gary Johnson, right. boy, he had a bad day yesterday. Oh, yes. he did. Oh, my he, gosh. This is, so the, bad. this is the
3: thing. Everyone's like, well, he needs to get into those debates. Probably the best thing for him to stick right around 14% until, yeah. the,
1: until the debates are over, and then he can go for a run. Yeah, I don't boy, think he, that's... before you hear he's from just, Gary, I think he bad. thrown. Yeah, I mean, yesterday yeah. w- yesterday with Chris Matthews, name a leader you respect, a world leader you respect, yeah. it got down to name any world uh, leader, the
2: former and he couldn't guy who's yeah. that country that's just I mean, not north of us. I don't think, but kind of <laughs> down. I'm having an allowance from us. I'm having an Aleppo country, moment. No, it's just a funny joke about because so all those bad. children are dying, <laughs> and that's why I'm going to use it
1: as my funny callback. Wow, not good. Not good and not good and his
2: go-to leader is Vicente Fox. And he never came up with the name. Bill really? Weld. Bill Weld did. came Vicente up with Vicente Fox.
8: Yeah.
3: Which is funny because really you know, when Well just sits there and answers all the questions for Gary Johnson, his, yes. his running mate, former governor of Massachusetts, yes. he lists, lists off three former presidents of Mexico to try to figure out which one of the former presidents of Mexico he's talking about. Then he names Angela Merkel, which is probably not a good answer either, especially for a libertarian. No. So they, they name Ang- Angela Merkel um, uh, eventually. How does Benjamin Netanyahu not come to mind? I don't know. Right. So which is funny, they apparently asked Trump the same question, which is, of course, the bad thing about having Johnson in this race is when he had these moments, they're gonna, now they're going to try to catch Trump in the same moment. They ask Trump, who he said uh, who he thinks is a good leader. And he says also Angela Merkel, the person importing
1: millions of refugees from the region that he says he wants to ban all refugees and whose com- country is about to have an economic calamity that could throw the rest of the world into depression
3: really really weird answer yeah, especially right. with a couple days to prepare yeah
1: right um so okay so go back to the polls yep
3: uh, we have uh then uh, uh another a few national polls have come out um uh the uh, gravest national poll has it 47 43 clinton four point lead Um, Now, the one that you may have seen on Fox News is the same poll we've been talking about since the beginning here, which is a poll done differently than every other poll. It's the USC LA Times poll. And that one has, it wasn't that poll? No, not Um, that I saw. Trump is up six. He's led that poll since the beginning. He's never really been down in that poll. Uh, So that's a little bit of an outlier. Another poll from New Hampshire had it 47-43. So it's interesting. The latest polling has brought... Uh, one of the models, the 538 model, which is one of the most respected models and has been the most pro-Trump model uh, out of all of them since the beginning, has brought that from a, a toss-up. It was a 50-50 toss-up going into that debate. And it's now 60, 66% Clinton, I believe, if I'm, wow. quoting, if I'm remembering that right. Um, the interesting thing about that one is 538 is the most negative on the Republican Senate chances. So if 538 is right... Uh, You know, it's the best chance for Trump, but the worst case for the Republican Senate. The New York Times has the exact reverse, which they have the... They're more optimistic for Clinton, but more optimistic for the Republican Senate. If the Republicans
1: just weren't so corrupt, if they would have listened to the people and reflected the people at all, I think we, we could have had a situation to where if Clinton won, there would be a possibility of of a senate but because i think people want to be fair and they don't trust either of them and so they'd be like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna vote for clinton and i'm gonna put a republican in or i'm gonna vote for trump but i'm gonna put a democrat in right i i, I mean i just don't know i just don't know if if the republicans have any credibility at all with anyone um, let me give you one more chart here,
3: and, and this is—I'll uh, try to explain what it is on radio. It's a it's better visual, but we'll send it the like link a out from our Twitter. Yeah, it's the, I call it the snake chart. This is from 538 as well. This line in the middle here is what you need to cross to win. And the way they've broken this down is all of—from the deepest red states to the deepest blue states, and the ones in the middle are the swing states. So you need to basically figure out a way to cross this line. Inclu- with no leaners at all, the 538 model, which again is the most optimistic for Donald Trump— Has him winning all of the states, you know, Texas, of course, South Carolina, Missouri, um, Georgia, Arizona. Starts to get lighter red around this point. Um, Iowa, which he has a definite lead in, but it's a little bit more tenuous. Ohio still is holding Ohio so far. We haven't seen a lot of great polling this week from Ohio. Uh, And North Carolina, which he's now just barely holding on to. To get past this line, he would need to get three states that are shading at this point slightly Democrat- after the debate, which are Nevada, which has gone from a slight Trump state back to a slight Clinton state, Florida, which has gone from a slight Trump state back to a slight Clinton state, and Colorado, which some polling showed Trump actually winning going in the debate and has now moved back to Clinton's side, though he was only leading that for a couple of days. So you can win Colorado, and then after that, your next best options are Pennsylvania, New Hampshire, Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota, Virginia. But all of those are pretty solid blue. blue. They're not, I mean, not solid blue, but leaning blue. Uh, it's not a toss up state. Uh, these states in the middle, Florida, Nevada, pretty toss up uh, at this point. Colorado, it's closer than people thought it would be, but it's leaning a little bit, Clinton. But he needs to pick off a few of these states. And again, this is where his road gets difficult. There are arguments that have been made that Trump actually has some weird advantages in the Electoral College because. The the, um, groups he performs worse with, for example, the the Latino vote, he is not necessarily doing that well with Latino voters. Um, However, about half the population of Latinos in this country are broken up between two states that are not even close to swing states, California and Texas. And there's been some polling that showed Texas kind of close, but it's not thought of as a traditional swing state. So half the population is there. So even if he loses all those voters, it doesn't really do any damage to him. Mm -hmm. Um, it's the other states and the swing states with the exception of Florida there's not high Latino populations so one of the reasons they're arguing they're talking about Machado being uh, the uh, you know the
1: the, the contestant Miss Miss Universe and
3: they did that spot in Spanish despite the fact that she uh, speaks in English Um, they did it in Spanish because they're targeting Florida specifically Florida Hispanic voters with this campaign they don't care about anybody else Florida Hispanic voters I will
1: tell you 3 o'clock in the morning last night Trump is tweeting about her porn career, yeah, let it go, man. What are you doing? yeah he's He is being sucked into their narrative. yeah four tweets this morning between three and five
3: thirty in the morning uh, about her oh. and her porn career and which she doesn't seem to have a porn career she she was on a reality show and there was a sexual scene on a reality show, and then she also did playboy um with a, a topless and playboy and you say well that's he not is, porn but yeah you know again he would he is all over playboy i mean he's remember in playboy he has it hanging in his office his yeah has done sexually suggestive photos as well I he think he was
1: dropped to bothers, your right? knees on his reality show to whoever it was what was her name and he said oh i'd like oh, yeah. to see you on your knees by the way he's a trump supporter now the woman he said that to really she was on tv yesterday saying wow. she's a
3: trump supporter and said it was totally innocent Oh. oh come on!
1: <laughs> it wasn't innocent, but I mean, she, she may not have offended taken offended. By it. She wasn't. Yeah, she may by it. not have been so, offended yeah. by it,
3: and that's why probably the, and people haven't been making a big deal about it. But I'll know. say this about the, the L.A. Times poll, which again, if you're a Trump supporter and you you, have, you want to look at something that really looks great for Trump, it's this L.A. Times USC poll. They run it as a an everyday thing. They release new numbers every single day,
1: and it's why do you say pieces. that it's not? I mean, other than it being the outlier outlier. It's a new kind of way of doing polls. Why do you say that you don't trust it?
3: Well, I mean, it, it has been out of step of all the other polling. Yes. But it could, maybe they're right and everyone yeah, they else could is be, wrong. Everybody
1: right? else. No, I mean, nobody classic. knows that all polling is changing. So why is this right. one um, – why do you think this one isn't good?
3: There's a lengthy breakdown of this. Part of it is people are opting into a, um, uh, a, uh, an Internet survey essentially – um, and they are now starting to believe that the people who are in this are so engaged because every day they're asked about it, they're, they're actually not representative of the uh, entire populace because people don't vote every day. They don't think that way. So yeah. the people who have now been in this process for a long period of time, I do think the trend lines are interesting on it. Um, they, there have been – there's some reporting that the, the days after the debates, uh, his poll – she was actually – she gained about two points. But they're still rotating out old days from before the debate, so you you don't really see it reflected yet. One quick thing on that, though: if that that is right, he's getting almost 20 percent of the African American vote, and if Donald Trump gets 20 percent of the African American vote, he's definitely going to be president. So if that poll is right, he's definitely going to win.
1: Okay, Um, our sponsor, Goldline, Deutsche Bank is teetering. Uh, It has. been released this week that they have enough cash to weather the storm of hedge fund withdrawals. So if all the hedge funds start taking their money out, they'll make it. But if any of the retail customers, the general public, start to take their money out of Deutsche Bank, all bets are off and it probably collapses. The international banking system is right back where it was in 2008, uh, except it is a global pandemic this time and much much, much worse. The dominoes will fall in all directions in the entire Western world. I urge you, please, know how cash works in your bank. Have cash on hand out of your bank so you could last a month if possible, last a week, last a few days, you know, i got to go to the store buy milk. i got to go get some gasoline, whatever. Have food storage. Have some cash on hand. And I highly re- recommend that you have gold in your hand. Not paper gold, but gold in your hand. Silver if you can't afford gold. But the banking system could change overnight. Please call Goldline and read their important risk information. Find out if buying gold or silver is right for you. 1-866-GOLDLINE. 1-866-GOLDLINE. Goldline.com. You're smart enough. Do your own homework. Go with your gut. Do your homework. Use your brain. Then connect it with your gut. One eight six six goldline or Goldline.com. Blend back program.
5: 888 727
1: back.
6: Mercury.
1: Give us a uh, you want to give us a, a prediction or, or where where you're feeling of the states are going here. I mean, by I... the way, we have our uh, final episode of the serial on the Second Amendment. This is where are we and where are we headed? Uh, you can see and listen to the whole serial on podcast on iTunes or Glenbeck.com or the Blaze.com, uh, But watch these serials. Um, uh, they are free and ready for you to share full of a lot of great information. Last episode of uh, Second Amendment coming up in a second.
3: What you typically see when there's a change in the election is that national polls will f- will f- move first, and then you will see state polls filter in because they usually take longer, and they're, you know, the organizations doing them have different processes, but they take a little bit longer to reflect those differences. Mm-hmm. So right now we see national polling move a little bit back towards Clinton since the debate. If that were to happen, we would change some things on this board, but we don't have hardcore enough polling to, to do that at this point i mean I, you know my expectation is that rhode island is probably not no longer a lean state it's probably going to go back to a solid state for democrats right. things like that but we don't have a rhode island okay. poll yet so
1: let's look into we'll wait until next week
3: yeah so right now we still the board is where i think we leave it where it is for the moment um uh, you know uh with a with a 272 198 uh advantage for clinton with 68
2: uh toss-up uh uh, de- de- couldn't, electoral votes couldn't you put uh, Ohio in leaning Republican now
3: I don't think so the polling's pretty close there um, he, he has there have, I have not seen any uh, polling since all post-debate on that yet um, however his lead was tenuous there anyway it was only a couple points uh, on average, of the polls. He had some polls where he was winning, but Clinton was still leading certain polls in in, uh, in Ohio. Mm. But I, I I think you it wouldn't well, be how the do you craziest think he thing. Changed,
1: the how do you think he changes his strategy for the next debate?
3: I think he prepares for it, first of all. <laughs> and I think he st- that's where you start. And I think, you know, the thing that needs to be beat into his head more than anything is to not get into these you know moments where he feels like he has to win every little personality contest yeah. going back and debating what he said in 2002 and 2003 about the Iraq war does him no good at all he he keeps bringing it away from things that are yeah, bad he can, for her and yeah. back to weird debates about himself because he just can't take losing those minuscule right. things he, he needs to get out to that.
1: take it to her get goaded.
6: the Glenn Beck program Mercury.
7: To the Glenn Beck program.
8: The notion that I or Hillary or Democrats or whoever you want to choose are hell bent on taking away folks' guns is just not true. And and I don't care how many times the NRA says it, I'm about to leave office. There have been more guns sold since I've been president than just about any time in U.S. history. There are there are enough guns for every man, woman and child in this country. And at no point have I ever ever proposed confiscating guns from responsible gun owners.
1: If Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton have never advocated taking guns from responsible gun owners, then why do they both keep suggesting that we could use as a model for the United States the gun laws in Britain and Australia, two countries that have taken guns out of the hands of responsible gun owners? For American citizens who don't believe that confiscation can happen in the United States of America, here's a clue it already has.
7: No one will be able to be armed. We will take all weapons.
1: That was the announcement by the police in New Orleans, Louisiana, in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina. One elderly woman who had plenty of food stored up, a gun for protection, and wanted to stay in her home rather than flee to a shelter, was backed into a corner of her kitchen by six police officers who'd shown up to remove her.
6: You're, You're in shack. I'm saying, look at all my food. I got plenty of food. They kept pushing me back, pushing me back, and ended up like this. Then, Patty showed them a small revolver she was carefully holding in the palm of her hand. A camera crew was there to capture what unfolded next. I said, it's not even loaded, and I dropped it on the floor. You got a gun, Well, they punched me in the face. Look at my black and blue marks. Look at at what they did to me. They dragged me out of here. I really thought
1: they were going to kill me. She was far from the only one. We had identification. We were coming back from a house that we were taking the weapons out of so criminals wouldn't break in and steal them. And we've had uh, policemen tell us that
7: that's what they wanted us to do but not the sheriff in St. Tammany. They just wanted to confiscate it from us. We felt like criminals at the time when they come up to us with M-16s or AR-15s, whatever it was, but there were four of them with rifles and holding on us with our hands in the air until they got in our boat.
1: The officer's parting remark was chilling. They took them,
7: and they didn't have a, a right to take them. They didn't have a reason to take them. That was the thing. We did nothing wrong. But they took them anyway. He said, be thankful we're
1: taking your guns here.
7: Why should I be thankful?
1: Well, if they catch you with them on land, they're going to take you straight to jail. Residents of New Orleans, assuming that they were still living in the United States of America under the protection of the Constitution, could not believe what was happening.
6: These cops came out of nowhere, said stop, and asked, uh, do we have weapons in the car? And I... So, um, yeah, I do," he said. "Get out the vehicle. I had us all sit cross-legged in front while they searched the vehicle. I had a 22 long rifle. My uh, tenant's girlfriend had a 22 pearl handle revolver given to her by her grandmother, or grandfather. But Robert couldn't believe what he watched police do next to his rifle and his friend's pearl handle revolver. I saw them smash her gun given to her by grandmother, grandfather. Just against the curve. The other things that they busted up, the 22 rifle they busted up, these were police officers that went too far. We didn't have any rights. I mean, they treated us like criminals. They treated us like if we were in a third world country.
1: There are literally hundreds of stories like these, from citizens living in an American city, assuming that the Second Amendment would prevent this kind of action from their government. So they said, okay, we're seizing these weapons.
7: So I said, I want a receipt for my guns. They said, no, <clears throat> we're not giving receipts. They said, if we give receipts, we'd be out here all day writing receipts for all the weapons we've confiscated. It made
4: me angry when they told me to go get a lawyer if I wanted my guns back. That's when I really
1: got angry. So with the city in disarray, and in fact bordering on anarchy during the struggle to recover from the devastation of the hurricane, law-abiding citizens who stayed behind to take care of their property were left defenseless in a city that could be considered the murder and violent crime capital of the nation. There are those who would be ecstatic at the possibility of disarming all Americans permanently. For instance, Hollywood's Matt Damon. He's one of them. He's made these comments while promoting a movie in Australia. You guys
3: did it here in one fell swoop, and um, I, I, I wish that could happen in, in my country, but it's not... It's such a personal issue for people that we don't, we cannot talk about it sensibly.
1: It's difficult to have a sensible conversation when people don't understand fundamental God-given rights like the Second Amendment. And then when there's an elitist group of left-wing radicals who just don't understand how, why, or what the American Founding Fathers were thinking or trying to guard against when they adopted that portion of the U.S. Constitution. On the other hand, there are a select few who do understand. Kurt Russell is somebody who understands several truths.
5: The last thing I like to watch is, is entertainers or actors uh, get political. It's just, it's just something I can't stand watching.
1: But a reporter with an anti-gun agenda pushed him into being what he despises, an actor talking politics.
5: Between Paris and San Bernardino, there's this thing that sudden violence as a, as a normal... Day to day aspect, coming from the gun culture, coming from everything else—it's a different vibe, you know. There's all—I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't understand the concepts of conversation of the gun culture. We've we've lived with guns since what, the seventh century or something? I don't know. We all know that right now, guns is a trope. It's uh, a—I mean, it's not a trope. It's a—it's a totem. It's a metaphor that um, disenfranchised white guys need. It makes them feel good because they're being you sprung. can say what you want. I don't agree with that. So it's not my thing. But it's so, statistically you know. Well What you can look if you think that if you think gun control or something like that is gonna change a terrorist point of view, I think you're like out of your mind. I think yeah. you're like I think anybody is. I think I think it's absolutely insane. The problem or, the or, problem or. the problem we're having right now is is that we don't have the concepts of how to um, turn it around and say, you know, I you you may think you've got me worried about what you're gonna do, dude. You're about to find out what I'm gonna do, and that's gonna worry you a
7: lot more. And that's what we need.
1: It may also surprise some to hear rapper
7: Ice T take a British reporter to task. Well, I give up my gun when everybody else does. And not that, doesn't that really, make sense? Well, <laughs> doesn't that make sense? I mean, if you were to, if if there were guns here, would you be want to be the only person without one? So should so, so you carry guns? No, Routinely at home? I mean, you have a gun at home? Yeah, it's legal in the United States. It's part of our constitution. You know, the right to bear arms is because that's the last form of defense against tyranny. Not to hunt, to hunt. It's to protect yourself from the police. And do you see any link between that and these sorts of incidents? No. Nah, not really. You know what I'm saying? If somebody wants to kill people, you know, they don't need a gun to do it. Makes it easier, though, doesn't it? Not really. You can use, uh, you can strap explosives on your body. They do that all the time. So, when there's the inevitable backlash mm-hmm. of the anti gun lobby as a result of this incident, as it always is. Well, that's not going to change anything in the United States. Nothing. Nah, the United States is based on guns.
1: The incredulous attitude of the British reporter was obvious, especially given that the perception of so many in England and around the world is that in the United States, people are being slaughtered by guns in numbers too great to even count. So let's go beyond the perception. What are the actual facts? In Britain, where possession of handguns is illegal, the rate of violent crime is 2,034 crimes per 100,000 people. That is more than four times the rate of the United States where there are only 466 violent crimes per 100,000. As you might expect, the United States has the highest rate of gun ownership in the world at 88 guns per 100 citizens. Yemen is a distant second at 54.8. Yet Honduras has the highest intentional homicide rate in the world at 91.6 per 100,000. The United States is close, It's actually 103rd at 4.8. Another amazing statistic, of course never shared in the media, is that 200,000 times a year, a woman in America uses a gun to defend herself against sexual abuse. 200,000 times every year. But when it comes to attacking gun rights in the U.S., the facts be damned
8: for the progressive left. People who we know have been on ISIL websites, living here in the United States, U.S. citizens, and we're allowed to put them on the no-fly list when it comes to airlines, but because of the National Rifle Association, I cannot prohibit those people from buying a gun. This is somebody who is a known ISIL sympathizer,
1: First of all, if someone has visited an ISIL website, does that make them automatically an ISIL sympathizer? Could they be on the site for, let's say, oh, I don't know, research for a radio program, or by mistake, or because they're curious? And, of course, it is easier to put someone on the no-fly list than it is to take away a constitutional right. If there was a 28th Amendment and it stated... Rapid, timely travel being a necessity to a nation's economic growth, the right to be seated on a jet engine aircraft and to get from point A to point B shall not be infringed. Well, then it would be a lot harder to put somebody on the no-fly list. But like so many progressives, Barack Obama never seems to concern himself with the actual facts, especially when it comes to gun rights.
8: We flood communities. With so many guns that it is easier for a teenager to buy a Glock than get his hands on a computer or even a book.
1: That was the statement so patently ridiculous that even the liberal fact-checking site PolitiFact went so far as to label it flawed. Flawed? Yeah, I mean, keep in mind it is PolitiFact who we're talking about, who also termed Obama's claim mostly false. Mostly False. Is that kind of like mostly dead? But this is where America is today in the battle to retain its Second Amendment rights. One slip up from a Second Amendment supporter brings widespread condemnation and ridicule from the media. But an anti-gun president of the United States can claim that your 14-year-old is more likely to have a fully automatic Glock G20 on their nightstand than a heartwarming copy of The Fault in Our Stars. The first step. In protecting and defending the Constitution, is knowing that there is an ongoing attack. And while progressives certainly have contempt for the Second Amendment, they also know that the vast majority of Americans cherish the Constitution, including, if not especially, the Second Amendment. So, progressive politicians continue to walk the fine line between appearing to support the Constitution while at the same time desperately trying to curtail or eliminate. American citizens' gun rights. The only way to stop them is with an informed, vigilant, and active citizenry. Glenn Beck. This is the Glenn Beck program. That is the most expensive fifteen minutes on television. On I'm uh, sorry, on uh, on radio, on national public, uh, national uh, private airwaves. I'm sure NPR is spending our money at. Uh, a faster clip. Um, that's the most expensive 15 minutes on national radio every single day. Uh, and I hope that you take these and use them and spread them and send them to your friends, your family, your uh, your your children. Um, just today's episode has more facts on gun control than anything I've heard on national radio in a long time. This week, this entire series has been fantastic. 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 Um, and all you can find those and more facts in my book, Control, uh, The Case on Guns. Uh, you can find that book written by me. Uh, and this is available at glenbeck.com slash serials, or you can go to iTunes. Just look for Glenn Beck, and you'll find that serial there. should be posted
2: later today. Uh, but that share writes that, please. most of them. I mean, that's why they're so great. Most of them? Is that, like, mostly false? want more serials you can listen to
0: every episode at Glenbeck.com slash serials next week we'll revisit hillary clinton's scandalous past you're listening you're listening to the glenn beck program
6: the glenn beck program mercury
0: Eight seven two seven back. This is
5: the Glenn Beck program. Holy cow! Welcome to the uh, program. Um,
1: there is so much uh, going on in the world today, and uh, uh, we have the FEC, uh, the FEC laying the groundwork now to ban Fox and the Wall Street Journal from political coverage. Have you heard this? The FEC is now saying anybody who has any foreign ownership shouldn't be allowed to cover the American election. Mur- oh, wow. Murdoch. Wow. Can you believe that? The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. So much happening in the world that um, because of the political season, believe it or not, we're not talking about it. I mean, we should be talking about real issues like a coming banking collapse and actually what you're going to do instead of he said, she said about something that happened 20 years ago. Um, What are you really going to do if there is a banking collapse? What are you really, how do you really view Russia? Uh, Hillary is quite clear that um, Russia is a danger to us and Putin is an enemy. As you saw in the last debate, uh, Donald Trump doesn't feel that way. There's a lot of people that believe, oh, geez, if Hillary Glitz gets in, we're just going to have another war. And that's why they like Trump, because he's not angling for another war. You're going to have to decide because I got news for you. I, you could convince me in a heartbeat that there is, just like there was in World War I, a reason to go to war in the view of the elites, to change the borders and to change everything. Don't let, a, don't let a good opportunity of a crisis go to waste. But I need you to understand who Putin is and the tools that are at his disposal and where he's headed. A primer on Russia, Putin, and Dugan, and his tools like WikiLeaks, Edward Snowden, Begins right now.
6: I will make a stand. I will raise my voice. I will hold your hand. Because we are one. I will beat my drum. I have made
0: my choice. We will overcome. Because we are one. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
1: Uh, welcome to the program. Jason Batrill is uh, with us and uh, Jason is um, uh, former special forces you know, military intelligence military intelligence. Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, and he has uh, he's been uh, kind of uh, around some of the big things in the uh, in the past uh, and uh, and has seen the world firsthand in military intelligence and is one of my chief researchers now and writers for um, uh, our show and radio and everything else. And he has been the guy who has really been um, helping me understand Dugan and Putin. Uh, he is the the head writer of the series that we did on Russia called The Root. If you haven't seen that, check it out at TheBlaze.com slash TV. Or I think you could probably find it on one of our podcasts as well. Um, but... Um, It's important that people really understand and we don't close our eyes to Russia because they are leading a movement to destroy the West. And uh, I know that I know that sounds um, crazy, but it's absolutely true. And if I may quote Alexander Dugan,
9: uh, you want to explain real quick who Alexander Dugan is, Jason? Yeah, Alexander Dugan is, I mean, on first glance, if you just take a look at him, you'd say, well, this guy doesn't he doesn't sound like anybody that shouldn't have any, you know, any any pull with Putin or or the Russian government. But what you don't know is that he's actually one of Putin's foreign policy gurus. So back in 2008, when uh, when uh, Russia invaded Georgia, um, Dugan was the guy that told him to do that. This was at the very beginning when Russia started first pushing out and trying to reclaim lost territory, territory that they used to have um, during the Soviet Union. He was one of the main guys saying, look, if you want to do it, do it this way, do this way. Eventually, he was like, we need to reclaim parts of Ukraine. Ukraine is basically everything for Russia. And Dugan was like, we have to go in. This is the way we're going to do it. Take Crimea, eventually get population unrest, civil unrest and take parts of Ukraine. He was the one that was saying how to do it. Now, It wasn't just to stop in those old near abroad, uh, old, uh, you know, Soviet bloc areas. It was also pushing out into Western Europe and to destabilize Western Europe. Right. And the United States. And Dugan, here's one
1: of the one of the easy quotes from Dugan. The American empire should be destroyed. Um, He is setting out to destroy America because we are the seat of the West and they want the Western um uh western society and the western rule to come to an end what's really frightening is dugan is a um he claims to be a christian but he's damn near a satanist um he is uh he's uh, he's deeply into the occult he is very much like um adolf hitler he thinks adolf hitler didn't go far enough that's his quote um, he claims that he is a fascist's fascist, and he is um, uh, cobbling together this this um, new political philosophy that, as if there is the best of these things, is going to take the best of uh, national socialism, Nazi, the best of fascism, the best of communism, and the best of—I think he says capitalism. I can't remember what the fourth one is. Um, but we're just going to mix those all together, and that's how the world is going to move forward from here. And he is a Putin uh, supporter, a Putin advisor who actually has pull with Putin. Putin is; it has made moves in this direction, is currently making moves in this direction, and Dugan is also the main thought leader for, I believe, for uh, as an influence
9: for the. Alt right here in America. It's interesting when you, uh, one of the first when we first started sniffing onto Dugan, I remember we were looking first looking into the alt right in uh, in Europe, and every time there was a movement coming up like Golden Dawn in Greece, um, the movements in Spain and even the UK and France, National Front, Marine Le Pen in France. Um, we always saw that they were sending this guy, this crazy Rasputin-looking guy, to go and lead these conferences and, and make, you know, and, and uh, make liaisons with some of these alt-right groups. I was like, who is this uh, this uh, character? And it wasn't until like later on that I found out that he was actually advising in foreign policy and taking over parts of countries. Do you remember?
1: Do you remember, Stu? Um, this is before we started doing talk radio full time. There was a guy in Russia who was a was a Putin advisor who uh, said that the United States by 2010 would break up into five independent countries. Do you remember that? I do do remember that. So I don't remember the date, but I do remember. Okay, it was was in the 90s. Um, And uh, it's interesting because he said there's going to come an economic crash sometime between 2005 and 2010, and when that crash happens it's going to divide itself so much The Americans will tear each other apart and it will divide into five separate countries. And he named the five countries based on what they believed, that he said there are five different kinds of Americans and it will become very regionalized, which he is all for. Um, And uh, he said the reason why we know it is because we have people in the country who are pushing for it. Now, this is in the 90s. This is what we did to collapse the Soviet Union. We have, I know, because I know one of the guys who was actually in the Soviet Union helping push. When it came, he was there to help push. That's what they're doing to us. Um, Putin has said, was it last spring or over the summer that America, or that the world is already in World War III that we are in a war now, when was that? And what did he say, Jason? Well, this was just a, this was just a few months ago. Okay yeah, I thought it was last summer.
9: Yeah, but it's, it's interesting if you even go back to I think it was around 2008ish, um, Putin warned then. he goes, we are escalating towards a time of another world war. And he was actually talking about um, we were pushing through the uh, ballistic anti-ballistic missile shield at that time. And he was saying, "Look, if you guys don't do something about this, if you don't stop this. Then it completely disrupts mutually assured destruction, and it completely it makes one superpower hegemon over everyone else. He goes, "We will do everything in our power to 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 combat this with our own special weapon." It was funny at the time; we thought that you know journalists thought that he was talking about some super you know nuclear weapon. That's what he thought. It's interesting now that the way we're seeing him actually initiate, if you will, this next stage in warfare is. Exactly. Yeah. Cyber warfare. Yep, That's what we're seeing right now. Cyber warfare is breaking out like wildfire all over the world. And we're seeing them hit, actually, our election cycle right. with this. Just
3: quickly, you're talking about the cyber?
1: Yeah.
9: <laughs> yes. Oh, the cyber. The, the cyber. Yeah, the cyber. <laughs> so this is, why,
1: this is why that exchange was so important. And I don't think either of the candidates no addressed it at all. D- Donald Trump said, we don't know if Russia's really behind it. Um, uh, Hillary said he was, could be a um, fat hacker. Yeah. It could be a fat hacker in their underpants. No, it is clearly Russia. And they have told us they were going to do this for a very, very long time. Russia is in the, um, I believe Russia is in the, um, is in the tank for Trump. And it's not for the reasons that most people think, um, Most people who are saying that these hacks, you know, yes, they were done by Russia, but they're only doing that because as revenge of Hillary Clinton. Right. You want to explain that?
9: Well, yeah, Hillary Clinton, I think it was back in 2011, the last time uh, they had their parliamentary and presidential elections. She called them out for doing what they were doing, which was and it's ridiculous. You can see from just a couple weeks ago, they had parliamentary elections and they're stuffing ballots uh, they were intimidating people. I video of it. It's a video. Yeah, it's no, it's qu- it's quite obvious. Total sham. But but Hillary did one of the cardinal rules: what you're not supposed to do. Now, if you're a head of state, you cannot, you know, you cannot basically come out and open and say that towards another regime. you it basically it, it's it's an effect of you know uh, uh, manipulating with their elections. That's a cardinal sin. You do not do that. So Putin was very pissed off about that. So I,
1: I definitely do. I think because she came out and said. Putin has manipulated the the elections. So what did Russia do to respond? They went into the DNC and they showed that the DNC was manipulating this election. Now that's they think the press thinks that that's all he was trying to do was humiliate. I don't believe that at all. That's icing on the cake because Just this summer, he came out, and he said, he was sitting at a table with a bunch of uh, uh, reporters, and he said, I'm trying to tell you people in the West, your leaders aren't listening to me. We're already in World War III. You better wake up and wake your... Don't you have a responsibility to wake your people up to this? I mean, he is saying to us, wake the hell up. I'm already at war with you.
9: Okay. And it's all being done with ones and zeros at this point. You um, watch what they've done with the hacking of, of the DNC. And now the rumors that they were also like, just just was that a few weeks ago where there was a penetration of the state election systems. Yes. Um, what they're doing now, and, and Trump is playing right along with this. Watch after, after, the, after all the elections over and Trump inevitably probably is going to lose. Um, that's my only opinion. But um, if that happens, Trump will say, look, we've been had. You know, they, they, manipulated, they manipulated the election. Putin will mirror that exact same thing. Yes. Regardless of what comes of that, it'll make us look stupid. It'll make us look like the, our election process is and a sham, will, our democracy is a sham. And here's
1: where Dugan comes in. Dugan wants you to have zero faith in anything. He wants you to question absolutely everything. Now, we should question everything. And we know our system is broken, and we know our system is corrupt. But they are adding fuel to the fire. This week, that's why it was an important question when Donald Trump was walking out. Will you accept it? Yes. So if you lose, you'll accept, absolutely, I will support her. By yesterday, he said that because he thought he had won the debate. As the days go on and more and more polls show he didn't win the debate, he changed all the way from there to this whole thing is rigged. You don't know how rigged this is. I mean, we're all being had. That's what he said last night. We're all being had. That is Dugan's, and I'm not saying that he is connected to Dugan at all. I don't. I don't think Donald Trump even knows who Dugan is. I, I don't think he spends a minute reading about anybody else. Um, so <laughs> I, I am not saying that he is. He is intentionally involved. He's being a useful idiot in this, um, and. Um, and Dugan is planting the same exact seed in every single country. One of the biggest backers of Brexit was Dugan and Russia. They funneled money into starting the Brexit uh, camps and kept that thing afloat all the way. They're not for freedom. They're for the breakup of countries and unions. And so they're trying to break up the uh, European Union. I agree with that, but not for the same reason they do. They're sowing discontent in all of the countries. When they say um, they're at war with the, um, they are at war, they are the people of the land, and they are at war with the people of the sea. What they mean by that is NATO, North Atlantic Uh, treaty organization. We're the people of the sea in NATO. And Putin has said that and Dugan has said that. We are at war with the people of the sea. Nobody knows what that means. That's why. North Atlantic treaty. So when Donald Trump says, you know, what is NATO doing? He may have a good point. I don't think he does, but he may have a good point. But you have to understand that others... Are latching onto that and funneling money in, so you don't know exactly who you're standing for or with, because Dugan is a man who believes in chaos. Chaos is the operative word here in the next ten years, and I, I truly believe. I said this. Stu and I did our homework on Osama bin Laden in 1999. And we took a lot of heat from people, and we didn't know if we were right or wrong, but we said, this guy's really bad, and he's going to be responsible for terror in New York City. Well, he was. I'm telling you now, you watch Putin and you watch Dugan. He is the next big villain of the United States that we have to watch.
6: The Glenn Beck Program.
1: Mercury. Mercury.
0: Tonight, on the season premiere of The Wonderful World of Stew, a groundbreaking new series on racist racistry in America debuts, which might cost Stew his job as a white host. We'll see. You'll receive a primer on the less popular presidents of the United States, and Penn Gillette explains how to make fat disappear. What? (laughs) Don't miss the fun. On a brand new episode of The Wonderful World of Stew. The show's so environmentally friendly, we use the word world right in the title. This Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern and on demand all weekend
2: at TheBlaze.com slash TV.
3: People wow. are pumped up, man.
2: I know BYU plays tonight. No, no, I'm talking I about a date. Got to break My that wife. three-game losing streak.
1: You know, I was talking about the season premiere of Wonderful. You no, know, date night tonight. Oh, is the season okay. premiere of our date nights. It'd
2: right, right. Unbelievable. Your season it's premiere
1: fun. of your date night. Yeah, We do them in seasons.
9: <laughs> really? Yeah,
1: I would actually. <laughs> Glenn know. lives his right. life in yeah. seasons. Yeah. This is a
2: <laughs> this is <laughs> cool. a dark season right now. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, watch it, please. So Glenn date night. What? no not I'm gonna right. watch the be no, wonderful you world you don't have to tell two. me to.
3: it's on tonight on, on the oh
2: board. that's right we put it on oh. the
1: best night of the week so you can see it <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you get I don't know why you get Friday nights because it's well, I right. used to have Saturday night at like which is I was at like it's we, Friday
2: at eight that's think, a good time yeah there's like
3: not a show within 18 hours of my show yeah <laughs> At one point, there was no live show within eighteen hours of my show. I was just the complete and island. At least, at least point. now this show is within eighteen hours of that
1: show. <laughs> Tonight at uh, eight o'clock, we tried to get it at one a.m. but we couldn't. Um, you
2: couldn't. No, the uh, FCC just, wouldn't let us yeah. put it there. It's your yeah,
1: network. I don't, don't know why the FCC yeah, it would no, They it's said a It's cable network. It's like, like uh, meat the... and milk. You want to keep good and bad away from <laughs> one <So,
2: you> know, <laughs> Which one's yeah, it? It like, wasn't a kosher <laughs> show. so. We, uh... yeah,
1: you get that thing blessed by a rabbi, and we're all on top of it. It's great. I will work on that. All right. I will work on that. All right. So what are you covering tonight? Uh, well, we solve racism. But well, It's a two-part series to
3: solve racism. So that's uh, that comes out wow. the first two episodes. But you know, Give us a hint of how you solve it. Um, basically, I mean, it's either I'm going to solve it or both sides are going to hate me even more, which is probably really going to be the actual end of it. But today, actually, we go through some of the, uh, uh, some of, some of the people who say we need a bigger racial conversation in America. We take that on. And uh, some of the uh, alt-right types. Uh, so that'll be fun. And Penn Gillette talks about how he lasts over 100 pounds. Um, a lot of it was eating
1: potatoes, <laughs> which is really weird. Uh, I think most of it was willpower. A lot of it was willpower. Yeah, so I'm out on that. Yeah. Exercise, willpower, shut up. No exercise. Actually, slept on more. Back in a minute.
5: You're listening to the Glenn Beck program
1: Mercury. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right, we have uh, Jason in, our head writer and, uh, and a head researcher for uh, my program. And he has been the guy who has been looking into over the horizon. I am convinced, like I was in 99, about Osama bin Laden. Our next big threat is, is Russia. I mean, not to discount what's happening in the Middle East, but Russia is part of what is happening in the Middle East, big time.
3: One quick Middle East point, if we can, before, if we have any time before the end of the show. Can we please play the audio of Hillary Clinton in the freaking debate talking about the caliphate? We went all week without playing this. You were mocked relentlessly by every news source for two years for talking about the freaking caliphate. And then Hillary Clinton is in the debate in front of 84 million people talking about the caliphate like everyone knows about it. There's no big deal at all. And of course
1: we're going to deal with the caliphate. I, I, I think I was the only one, wasn't I? Nobody was talking about yeah, it. No I mean, I'm, I was—I was maybe more alone than I am now. The and world, I'm made ghost one town of now. <laughs> yeah. There's tumbleweeds in my path every time <laughs> I get up today. Here, go ahead, play. It. But we also
3: have to intensify our air strikes against ISIS uh, and eventually support our Arab and Kurdish. Uh, partners to be able to actually take out ISIS uh, in Raqqa and their claim of being a caliphate. I mean,
1: uh, well, she's not really, they're, no, she's, she's saying their claim, claim. Right, but no. that's right. they're not really a caliphate.
3: That's what you were saying at the time, too. Yeah. You're yes. saying that they are claiming this is what they want to create. We have to stop them. That was your point at the time. Do you have uh, 840, by any chance, uh, if you would remind us uh, what, what this coverage was like at the time? No. Our yes. friends Glenn Beck and Sean Hannity across the street at the Fox News Channel.
0: Mm. You oh, seem to be I'm having sorry. a hard time this week.
1: Oh, no. One word, caliphate. All Islamic governments would unify under a caliphate. Here is Egypt. The Muslim Brotherhood want this. Their plans for North America, we showed you in their own words, that their goals include the transformation of America into an Islamic state, the destruction of the Western world.
2: Again, not your prediction. You're saying these are their goals. We called this segment Seriously for a reason. This is, I do not use the term lightly, Looney Tunes. Who's behind this sudden overthrow
0: of the Egyptian government? Now, a lot of people point to a generation of young, tech-savvy, unemployed
1: Egyptians who wanted a better future for themselves
0: and their children. Simple answer. Do that, Stephen? And sure, Occam's razor says the simplest answer is usually correct. But fortunately, Glenn Beck isn't allowed near razors. (laughs) (laughs) I'm
1: saying a global caliphate is coming. (laughs) Uh, Yes, we were giving you the latest news from Cairo in the White House. Beck was preaching the coming of the caliphate. Uh, That's right, the coming of the caliphate. Why is Beck selling this fear? Because he doesn't want to deal with the problem at hand. I also think the other thing that's so worrisome. Is that it's very hard to understand how you undo the
0: disinformation because the fact that was, you, you and I can talk about how it's uh, patently ludicrous that this the caliphate is is around the corner, but the people that are watching Fox don't
1: trust you and me,
0: and wow. so uh,
6: it, wow. doesn't, it doesn't it doesn't carry much water. Well. And they probably-
1: I will wow. tell. Wow, it is interesting to figure out how you undo the damage of misinformation. It is. Yes, yeah, it is. It is isn't it isn't really it? interesting. For sure. And, and where's okay. the apology yeah, the, from these There's not, not going to be coming uh, well.
3: The apology That's... is their candidate in the middle Of the debate saying no. exactly what you Were saying. That's right. They now Acknowledge what you were saying All that time and that is impressive At least it at least l- and lends credibility To what you're saying now and they're Mocking because now you're talking oh. about Dugan you're talking about Russia you're talking about these Things that nobody else is talking about again mm-hmm. And, and it, you, should, you should let that Lend a little credibility to, to What you're talking about now
9: my theory on why they're actually saying the word caliphate now is because now it fits their political agenda. Yeah. Now, the reason being is like, and I've been there recently, as recently as last year, and they're not really devoting all their resources and fi- actually fighting ISIS. Oh, no, they're not. They're not doing it. It's no. a dog and pony show. What does Russia say that they're doing? Hey, we're there to fight the caliphate. We're there to fight ISIS. That's bull. Everyone is using Isis as an excuse right now mm-hmm. to do what they really want to do and that's affect regime regime change in Syria or to keep regime right? yeah they want
1: regime they want the regime because they want the pipeline uh, Russia, and-, and Russia, oh, Russia. yes correct. Uh, and and the United States wants uh, regime change and they are using Isis they are they everybody's using Isis it's an absolute game yeah. and Russia is in bed with uh, Iran and in bed with All of the enemies of the West and those people that used to be our friends, if you can call it that, are now starting to line up with Russia as the new power in the world. And that is going to help destabilize Europe and destabilize the Western world. Can you real quick um, go over um, WikiLeaks and the connections that you believe show that WikiLeaks is a Russian arm and also talk a little bit about the fsb i talked about it earlier this week but people need to understand that russia is moving back towards a stalin
9: style empire say it real quick yeah
1: <laughs> <Just> <laughs> quick <summarize laughs> that seconds, go. as quickly as you can
9: if you are curious about wikileaks's involvement with russia don't be curious anymore he has an fsb security detail while he's at the his, the embassy that he's hiding out at.
1: FSB. Explain FSB. So
9: FSB is, um, a lot of people confuse it with the KG, old KGB. Basically, they're kind of like the uh, souped-up FBI. Right. That's basically what they are. Um, and coincidentally, Putin has, is making historic strides to bring back not only the old KGB, but even Stalin-era Stasi-Gestapo-level secret police. Um, Just a couple of weeks ago, he said, I want to take the FSB, which is basically the FBI, and I want to take the SVR, which is their version of the CIA, and I want to combine them. So no longer will they be separate. They're going to be one super spy agency. He wants to call them, not the KGB, which is basically that's what they were back in the Soviet era. I want to call them the Ministry of State Security. Now, I heard that, and I was like, wow, that sounds familiar. I looked it up, and the last time the Ministry of State Security was a thing, Stalin created it. Stalin created it because he was scared of civil unrest in his own country, so he wanted to weed out all the dissenters and, and stuff like that in his country. I'll
1: think of the ban Pussy Riot and everything that's been going on exactly. in, in, uh, in Putin's Russia, mm-hmm. where he is squashing dissent. He's just done this.
9: And the, he all, they also use that because they were starting, this is right after World War II, they were pushing into Western Europe. So they wanted all of these agents to coordinate with the ones there in Russia and to push out and to help take over certain areas in Western Europe. These are the people that are going to start having direct contact now with the alt-right in Europe and, dare I say, the alt-right here in the United States. So You
3: dared it. You already dared
1: it. I did. So he is, he is um, using every resource. He, he has been on the record saying this next war is not going to start with bombs or bullets. It's going to start with ones and zeros. We're already doing that. WikiLeaks, FSB, um, uh, state security at the uh, Portuguese uh, embassy. You really think, I mean, you you get hostile on this (laughs) when anybody looks at at Snowden and says, I agree with what he did, just not the way he did it.
9: I, and I'm, I'm going to walk back even that I, I I'm not going to agree with anything that he did. I think I failed that when we were talking to the think tank, I should have even came stronger on that point. Um, let's, I want to, I really, and I want to implore before I say this for anyone that was in the intelligence community, you have to come out. You have to come out and say your opinion on this. Don't give away secrets or anything, but give your opinion on Snowden, because what we've been given is it's a false narrative, like uh, Oliver Stone's movie. It's a cover story. What Glenn Greenwald did um, with The Guardian and what he's doing now at The Intercept, it's a, false, it's a cover story for what actually happened. Let me tell you something. Edward Snowden, do, do not call him a whistleblower. He's not. He's a thief and a liar and a traitor. That's what he was. He stole 1.5 million documents. He did this in 2013. What he said was that when he saw um, Clapper say that, that we don't spy on Americans, that compelled him to release this information. Mm-hmm. That's bull. The the uh, congressional committee that just came out said no. He was doing this months before Clapper ever said this. If you watch again, I know it's Oliver Stone
1: movie. If you watch the Oliver Stone movie, it took years to move him in the direction of saying this is this is wrong. This is really really wrong. And he was preparing to try to find a way out to alert people.
9: Yeah, that, so that fits in. I, I think that's all a lie. So everything, this is what I think. Now, his, his, uh, Stephen Bay was his uh, supervisor over at NSA. And he said, look, he never had the clearance to even see the Prism program. He, doesn't even, he didn't even know what it was. So what, somebody, somebody got, uh, got into Snowden's ear and said, look, steal this information. Do whatever you can, get whatever you can, and we'll see what we can do with it. Now, I'm going to say that I'm going to go out as far as I think that the Russians, um, maybe someone through WikiLeaks, it was, probably was WikiLeaks working as a Russian pawn, probably came to him beforehand and said, look, get what you can get. We'll see what, we, what you got and we'll, and we'll decipher it from there. I think that Snowden didn't even know what he was stealing. I think he, when he stole off that thumb drive, the 1.5 million docs, they stumbled across it after the fact. And when I say when I said that I originally supported what you know that we actually know the information I don't support that now because if he didn't even have clearance to know what it was he didn't have clearance to know what the oversight was he didn't have clearance to know oh you mean you ha- you actually do have to go to, the, to a FISA court to do this
1: FISA court's a joke I have well, senators who tell me FISA courts are jokes.
9: Even even if there's some holes in there, there's still multiple levels of of, of oversight that you have to go through. He wants it to make it look like any analyst there is constantly spying on people. It's just it's a lie. It's not true. <laughs> so you don't believe like the these situations where he was looking at people changing and no, you don't think any of that happened. Absolute fabrication. I think that's all a lie.
1: It's uh, all We a lie. have other sources that say
9: that's true. I I just don't believe that. I don't believe it. Why? Because you have trust that people are good. <laughs> I have trust in uh, there's thousands of intelligence officials. I was one of them, and the, somebody would have said something, and I know that everyone's rolling their eyes on that, but somebody would have said something. And there are legal ways this is why Edwin Snowden's not a whistleblower. There are legal ways built into every alphabet agency in the, in the, in the country. And how is legal understand? whistleblower? How do you explain the, How do you explain the four
1: NSA guys that we've had on the show several times, good, patriotic Americans that did whistleblow? And their lives were destroyed. Lives were destroyed. They didn't release things to the public. They released it the right way. And they were, their lives are over, are over. I mean, I've talked to them. They've cried, you know, and said, I got no life. I have no reputation. I have no life. I, I can't get a job. I've been completely dishonored. And nobody who wants to hire me yeah, because of what the government did to them.
9: I would say that's kind of a, uh, I mean, you're dealing with a secret spy organization. So even if you do whistleblow, I will admit the fact that if you are a whistleblower, you even go through the steps, you're, you're, your career basically is over. But they point. didn't
1: get the information out. I mean, I could see, I don't think it's unreasonable to see if somebody sees this stuff, they say this is all true. These were high level guys. Um, and, um, it, they didn't, they didn't release it to the public. So if I saw four different people trying to release it, all of them crushed by the system, I'm, I'm thinking I'm either just going to quit and shut my mouth or I'm going to work here and shut my mouth, or I'm going to get that information out because I
9: see what they've done to four separate people. Yeah. Why is that not possible? Well, even though there's a misconception that I, I, I don't I don't know who these guys are, but there's a misconception that even if you have a certain GS level in, in whatever government agency that you have the access to, to read whatever you want. I had the highest level clearance that you can get. I had SAP uh, special access program access top secret SCI and I couldn't just go in and read anything I wanted to. You have to be a part of whatever program to, to know. So I'm not saying that they're I'm read into the program. You have to be read into it. Um, I'm not saying that they weren't. I, I just don't know. I, I, I don't know their.
3: So do you think, because I think you make an interesting point in that, like you see this of people who were who talk about religions that aren't part of religions. And they'll take certain little tiny bits of information that might be kind of true, but don't really understand the full context. So when they release it. <laughs>
2: That can't happen. <laughs> yeah, oh I was going to mention that, any particular churches that this that happens. That can't happen, uh, but
3: it does happen. It happens all the time. <laughs> what? Um, so really? is it? it but it wouldn't? Huh. It, so do you think that that what we know now about these programs is not true? Like, are, are, is the Prism pro- program not as described? Or you just think that there's uh, additional layers that would make it more difficult?
9: This is the yes. This is the cover. The cover story is is that every, everyone could do it. And everyone had access. Any low-level analyst and a janitor could look in, look at your wife changing and you know getting naked in her house, which is total bullcrap. What 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 they're not saying is there are multiple levels of oversight. There are multiple levels that are, are built into that. You can't just if you wanted to do this, you you, you can do it. You cannot do that. Um, l- l- let me throw this on real quick. A, real quick as a nugget. In 2013, when he released this little bitty information, the, the fraction of the 1.5 million documents, what they also released just a few months later was countless foreign intelligence actions from our allies all over the world. They discredit the Australians on an Indi- a major Indonesia thing. They discredit us with the Germans. Why did they do that? If his whole thing was about American privacy, why did they start discrediting our allies all over the globe on foreign intelligence? makes no sense. All right. Our uh, sponsor this half
1: hour is Goldline. Deutsche Bank is teetering. Um, They say that they have enough cash to weather a storm of the hedge fund withdrawals. But if the customers start to take their money out of the bank, there's a run on the bank. And we learned from Jimmy Stewart that doesn't work. Um, And there's a run on the bank and it's over. International banking system is very fragile in a blink of an eye, we could find ourselves worse, worse than we were in 2008. I don't know when it happens, uh, but it is only a matter of time, and you are seeing this information now everywhere. Please call Goldline 1866 Goldline. Don't be caught behind it again. 1866 Goldline1866 goldline or goldline.com) This is
5: the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.
0: This is the Glenn Beck Program.
1: I don't know. I, uh, we're losing the internet today.
2: Maybe. Um, maybe. Yeah, maybe. You maybe. could call. Keep, you could I keep call. hearing, though, that it's just, uh, just the numbers. It's, it's the assignments. The, it's the, well, assignments. Is the internet? The internet is numbers. I mean, is that a big deal? I, I don't know. I don't um, know. I've read it, and yes. I couldn't. <laughs> it is. <Yes>. I think <laughs> so, too. probably is. I've,
1: I've read a couple things that, you know, I've read a couple things where they say no, but I've read a couple things where they explain why that's just the beginning of the unraveling. Um, also, we didn't get a chance this week to talk about the Saudi Arabia uh, pushback. I-, I think that's really important. Yeah, um, I might do an extra podcast this weekend and, and post it, or or we'll uh, we'll cover some of that stuff next week. Show you the ramifications of the internet. We'll come on, my show tomorrow morning, nine a.m. on Blaze Radio. We can discuss. Oh, nice tease. Wow. Oh, would it go. This is
6: the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.